Hey, I get to say good morning. Our reading today comes from Paul's letter to Timothy, his second letter to Timothy. It is a letter of encouragement. It's scholars believe truly his last letter, that letter he knew he was writing to one who was tasked with maintaining this church in Ephesus, who was facing an uphill battle with heresies and elders who didn't trust him, people who thought he was just way too young to be a church leader. They believe that Paul wrote these letter, the, this letter as well as 1 Timothy, but from prison. This time was his second time in prison and would be his last. He does not survive this imprisonment. So he writes these words to Timothy. Listen what he tells him. Let us listen to God's word. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful, useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this afternoon, Andy and I are hosting, or partially hosting, a baby shower. And this shower was postponed. It was supposed to have been a month ago. It was postponed because the babies came early. There are two of them, twins, a boy and a girl. I realized Friday night, you know, I got all the food, all the other things I was supposed to get for our part of the shower, but I forgot to buy a gift. So Friday night, you know what I did? What most of us do? I knew what I wanted to get, whipped out my phone, hit the Amazon app, did a little search and said, oh, they have what I wanted. Ordered two of them, one for the boy, one for the girl. And guess what? They arrived at my home yesterday. Less than 24 hours from realizing I had forgotten to purchase a gift, I was able to have it there and it's almost wrapped. We'll hope that happens before tonight. You all know that we live in a world where what we want is at our fingertips. If you want dinner and don't want to cook, you can DoorDash it. 
If you need a gift or a household item, Amazon can have it to you. Well, and if you're lucky enough to live in the drone place in less than an hour, apparently. If you forgot milk at the grocery store or some other item, you can order it and just drive through on your way home. If you need a date, if you need ideas for a party, if you need a video tutorial on how to open a cinnamon roll can, it's available. If you have a question about the American Revolution for homework, you can pull it up. You can get anything. We live in a one-click world. However, there are deeper issues of life that we cannot solve with Amazon, DoorDash, or even, I know, you're going to argue with me, a YouTube video tutorial. The kids know what I'm talking about because they do video tutorials for everything. But there's a lot of things in life that happen, and it can't be met with one click. When our lives go sideways, and they often do, when things don't happen according to our plan, what do we do? Where do we turn when we need guidance or we need hope or support? Paul's life was off the rails, so to speak. Remember, he was in prison when he wrote these words, knowing he was facing certain death. He was deserted by his friends and fellow workers. He felt alone and abandoned. He's worried about the churches he started and what's going to happen to them when he's gone. But he hasn't given up. And he certainly hasn't given up hope. He has a foundation of faith to turn to. And that's what Paul is encouraging Timothy in this letter is to stick to what he knows. Stick to what he has been steeped in by his family. If you remember in 1 Timothy, he talks about Timothy's mother and grandmother and how they nurtured him in the faith. It's wonderful that this was the scripture reading for this particular Sunday, this family Sabbath, when we sing songs about thanking God for our families, our families of origin, our families of friends, and of course, our faith families. What a wonderful day to present Bibles to third graders. Because Paul is reminding us that, friends, there's not a real quick fix when life spins out of control. We have to stick to what we know, those foundations of faith, specifically, Paul says, to the word of God. In the face of a world that will tell you otherwise, in the face of voices promising you quick fixes that console you with words you like to hear, Paul says, stick to your faith foundation. Stick to that faith, that word that tells you about salvation through faith. These Bibles that we presented here today, these are Bibles that were presented to my family. Well, Andy's mine, my grandmother's, and my aunt's Bibles that were presented to them at one point in their life that were used and treasured. How many of you have a family Bible or an heirloom. Yeah. 
Bibles that we have treasured. And there are many words in them, but Paul says there's only one word that matters, and that's the voice of God. That family formation that steeps us in the story of God's involvement in our life. That's the foundation that we can turn to in our life. So we have to know God's word, of course, Paul says. And here's where technology can be your friend. How many of you have a Bible app? (laughs) You can get a Bible with one click. You can read it, study it, even hear it if you need it read aloud. But Paul tells Timothy, yes, stick to this word, the story of God's involvement in our life, but you have to know it way down deep. For some of these third graders right now picking up one of these Bibles, it feels like it's just a really big book with lots of words that don't make a whole lot of sense. But the message and the story of God is in that book, a story about messy families, sagas of people who don't get anything right, potentates who lust for power and sex, believers whose feeble faith must have made God and even the onlookers laugh. There's idolatry, crass behavior, and gross misunderstanding. It's a teaser for some of you who haven't read it in a while. Go find some of those stories. Right? Some of you may ask, why in the world does God use such a messy, broken, crazy story to communicate to us? Because God wanted it to make sense. God wanted it to make sense to people like us. I don't know about you all, but we're broken lackluster, and oftentimes messy. And God wants to redeem everyone. That's the story that's embedded in there. That's the story that Paul tells Timothy again and again. Don't forget that story. Don't forget that God is with you even in the broken, messy stuff of life. It's God's story with us, and it's our story. And it's a stunningly beautiful story. Paul's urging to Timothy, yeah. He says that he calls it inspired. Our translation says that it's inspired. And that's been batted around to mean all sorts of things. But the literal translation means God breathed. These words aren't just static words. They are living in us and through us. They are known and trusted. And depending on where we are in life and what we face, they come to life in us. Just as God breathed life into the first man and woman, just as Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into his disciples before he left, God continues to breathe life into us through his word. Caroline Lewis, a professor, says all scripture is a means by which God can breathe life and faith hope and love and forgiveness and resurrection into people. 
Andy and I knew a man in Bartlesville. He was a World War II veteran. He had spent some time in a POW camp. He said, I didn't know my scripture. I couldn't quote Bible verses, but I knew the Lord's Prayer. I knew that. And every day, over and over, when I was in this little bitty cell, it's what reminded me that I was not alone. It's what reminded me that I was still connected to people on the outside. Through Morse code, he and the men beside him would share that prayer with one another because that is what they had. I do a lot of work in a memory care unit where I am. I lead worship three different times on Tuesday in three different areas with people who forget some of the basic things in life and who can forget the present moment as soon as it occurs. But if I say to them, for God so loved the world, what's the rest? For God so loved the world that his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him but have everlasting life. That comes out of them every time. Every time. Because it's, it's in them. It's in a place that nothing can touch. And that's what Paul is getting to. When he tells Timothy and us to hang on to that word. These words we begin learning as children. And we turn to them again and again in life are the words that come to us when we most need them. There's not a quick fix, but there's a life-giving stability in God's word. A life-giving support that nourishes us at every turn. The word of God is the foundation of our faith. I'm always reminded of the song our youth, the youth choir sings. Michael W. Smith wrote it. But the ancient words, many of you um, have been here when the choir has sung that. And it always makes us cry. And I think it's because the, the words that are in there, and that's kind of where I'm ending with, because every time I read about God's word, I hear this. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Let the ancient words impart. They're words of life, words of hope. They give us strength. They help us cope. In the world, where'er we roam, ancient words lead us home. There is no substitute for knowing God's word. So whether you're a long-time hearer or a first-time spine cracker on this book, this is God's story, and you're a part of it. We all have a part to play in this story of God at work in our world. It's our story with God in our midst. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful. Thankful for this time together. Thankful for your word that sustains us. Your word that we witness in Jesus Christ. Thank you for this family of faith and all of our families of faith that have taught us your word. Be with us as we go from this place. Be with us in all that we do. Be with us in the ups and downs and ins and outs of life. May we hold fast to your truth. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.